Did you know that the perfect snack exists that not only has the yum factor, because that's important, but also packs a real protein punch? I'm talking about Wonderful Pistachios, a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Now that's a snack you can feel really good about. It's hard for me to currently pick a fave because they have several flavors to choose from, including no salt and jalapeno lime options. But if I absolutely had to, I'd say I'm in my no shells, wonderful pistachios, sea salt and vinegar era. It's the ultimate snacking solution for when you need a quick, convenient and tasty boost of pistachio goodness straight out of the bag. Whether you enjoy the ritual of cracking open each nut or you lean towards the ease of no shells, Wonderful Pistachios has something for everyone. It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. This is a show born out of the necessity for Black women to center our health, healing, and happiness. My name is Bree, and I'm the founder of Brown Girl Self-Care, and I'm also a self-care advocate. Here, I share tips, thoughts, and conversations cultivated to pour into your self-care cup. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies, welcome back for another episode. So I'm so glad that you're in this space because I've got a good conversation for you that I really want you to listen to. So this is a bit of a serious conversation. Um... I mean, not anything crazy, but um, I just want us to be ready. I just want us to be ready as black women in case, you know, something goes down and we don't have access to water. We don't have access to food. We don't have access to resources for a certain period of time, anywhere from, you know, 48 to 72 hours or even longer than that. So... I am in conversation today with Tiffany Gilliam. She is a prepper, and she has a Facebook group that she'll tell you more about in the conversation. And in that space, it is for black women to learn any and everything pertaining to taking care of ourselves. Because like the saying goes, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And what we don't want is a situation where we weren't on our toes, we weren't on top of our game, and uh, a national disaster hits or we're on lockdown, or or there's something going on where we cannot leave our homes because we need to stay safe, but it's fine because you have what you need to hold you for a day, two days, a week, two weeks, etc. And I'm talking water, food, um, clothing. Uh, You know what, let's just go ahead and get into the conversation, and I will allow her to kind of like break everything down Make sure that you have your notepad and a pen handy. And also, I do want to say that this conversation does not cover all that needs to be covered when it comes to prepping and being ready. So I want you, after this episode, to commit 
okay, to taking more time, like join the Facebook group, number one, but also take time to really read up on what you might personally need, okay? Is it your passports? Is it having all your legal documents in one place? Um, do you have a certain medicine that you take? Like, take time to figure out what you need because, again, we need to be ready now, especially if you are single, especially if you are a caregiver, especially if you have children in the home. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all need to, as black women, make sure that we are in a place of preparedness. So, with that said, let me go ahead and get into this conversation, and I will see you on the other side. So, again, my name is Tiffany Gilliam, and the company is Women Surviving SHTF. Um, full length is Black Women, Black Preppers, Women Surviving SHTF. Um, and SHTF stands for Stuff Hitting the Fan. Oh, I was, I thought, it, well, I thought it meant something else. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Depending like, on. Oh, yeah. So it, it can mean stuff or uh, the other S word. Sugar, right? honey, iced tea. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am so glad to have you here. I think that having this conversation, especially for Black women, and where we can have a dialogue surrounding or centering just being able to take care of ourselves if stuff will go with stuff happens to hit the fan this could be a uh, like a an emergency emergency like a, a natural disaster type of emergency but also it can be um just something along the lines of things kind of happening in our communities in our cities where we need to we might need to hunker down because we're in a state of emergency for whatever reason um, and we need to hunker down and be safe and be prepared and so with the climate of everything that's going on these days when I found your group so she has a group on Facebook and um, it's for uh, talking about everything pertaining to uh, again when stuff hits the fan just how to get source food water should you learn how to shoot a gun? Like, just should you take money out of the bank? And and how do you, what kind of plans can you make? Just all kinds of things surrounding SHTF. And I said, this would be the perfect conversation to have because Black women, we definitely owe it to ourselves to be prepared. Would you agree? Exactly, most definitely. Um, just from, you know, casual observation of things that have happened already, um, you meant, we were talking earlier about the storm in Texas last winter. It seems that no matter what the catastrophe, at least in this country, um, it seems like minorities and particularly women and us being black women always somehow end up drawing the short straw <laughs> when it comes to survival. So we definitely have a long way to go in preparing ourselves and empowering ourselves to survive anything that's come our way. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you start? with SHTF, like, when was this, like, when did all this begin where you felt like, you know what, I need to really know this, learn this, get comfortable Mm -hmm. with it? Like, when did it all start for you? Well, I've always been more or less a tomboy, and I'm a camper, so um, it really started to materialize for me around 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit, Mm -hmm. so I was basically um, living up north. I wasn't involved in it at all, but I was watching it play out on TV, and I was just so confused. How can this happen, you know, in a first world nation? How can there be so many people without simple things like water? How can there be so many deaths? Why isn't the government doing this or doing that? Stepping in to help these people. I would watch the people, the 
news footage of people on the rooftops and news helicopters are flying by. No one's dropping them water as they fly by. <laughs> They're just filming them. So that just really um, freaked me out. So that kind of started me feeling like a general sense of uneasiness. You know, how could this happen to these people? Could it happen to me and my family? Sure it could. Why wouldn't it? You know, and then from there, um, I started watching the doom. I caught on to some doomsday prepper shows <laughs> that we all know about now. Um, they're pretty popular. So I started watching those shows and my first thoughts, were, man, these guys are crazy. <laughs> now they're a little bit out there. It's like, they're eh, a little bit too much. But the more I watched, the more I listened to their explanations of why they're doing what they're doing, it just started to dawn on me, you know, this kind of makes sense, you know. Why not put back some water in case, for whatever reason, you don't have water? What's it going to hurt to have a couple cases put back for some food? You know, it doesn't hurt to plan now for some unforeseeable event that may severely affect your family. So that's kind of what got me started. And from there, just going down the whole rabbit hole of prepping and everything that comes with it. Yeah, and I have to circle back because you mentioned that, um, with Hurricane Katrina, which, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, you know how something is so, so huge and so traumatic, but you, you kind of just don't even remember it. Or mm -hmm. you, it's, that's just like, for me, sometimes things that are like super like traumatic or, or, or that really make me feel emotional, especially right. if I can't help like go directly and, and like pull somebody out of the water or mm -hmm. send somebody a thousand dollars to help rebuild their home. You know, I tend to, I don't want to say forget, but I kind of like, I think it's just a trauma response. I kind of just yeah. cover up, but you almost I, block it out because it's block it out. Yeah. Right. But what I was going to say is, um, especially for, for black and brown communities or, and, or areas that are, underfunded or they're not like for example if you're not living in california for instance if you're not living in uh, beverly hills or calabasas or somewhere like that uh how quickly will we get the supplies we need how quickly will we get the water we need how quickly will supplies get here how quickly will we get the help that we need versus a richer neighborhood right you know? Right, exactly. And I had those same questions also. Um, I will just share a story uh, just with the pandemic that we've gone through last fall, just, you know, everyone's looking at grocery stores, the shelves were getting pretty empty in most places um, because the trunks weren't coming in as they usually do and the supplies were low. Just from my own experience shopping in my regular, which is a middle-class neighborhood, our grocery shelves weren't that stocked. However, when I went to the more fluid section of town, we were getting maybe one or two trucks a weekend. They were getting five or six trucks a weekend. So their shelves were stopped. They still had some holes, but for the most part, maybe we had no frozen foods. They had frozen foods, things like that. So it does make a big difference in terms of um, where you live, socioeconomic status as to what you, you can expect. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunately. That's I was yeah. going to say it is very unfortunate, but yeah. I guess I'm not surprised that that mm -hmm. was the experience that probably a lot of us, like if you went shopping in this area versus driving 20 miles, you know, west, for example, or whatever, 
and seeing the, that, that dynamic that they had, like the tissue, the water, the canned goods, the frozen foods, like you said, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So when you know that set, you can't really, you can become angry. You can, you know, think a lot of things, you can analyze it, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we know that. So then now that you know it, the question is, what are you going to do about it? And what can you do about it to make sure that you have your own resources? You don't have to depend on whatever, Mm -hmm. whenever they decide to send the truck for supplies. Absolutely. And so that's why we are having this conversation. This is like right on time for a lot of us because Mm -hmm. there's just this energy in the air of things can kind of go sideways. Mm-hmm. And especially depending on where you are, the type, what, what city you're in, what state you're in, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I want to know, like, what does it mean to be a prepper? What is a prepper? Well, prepper, um, basically, the wonderful thing about prepping, it could mean whatever you want it to mean. <laughs> it could, there's a whole spectrum. You could be a prepper just for someone who... Um, gathers a few extra supplies for winter storms or natural occurrences. Um, You can be a prepper just by having some extra supplies in your car in case your car breaks down, runs the gamut from that all the way to people who homestead and want to completely go off the grid and be as self-sufficient as possible, Um, have their own power, their own water source, some of them um, farm. So it really... That's the wonderful thing about it. It can mean um, wherever you choose it to mean, wherever fits for you and your family. And that's one thing I like about it. So there's like this whole spectrum of person. Yeah. And I think the bottom line for us, especially for Black women, is um, it means being empowered. Mm. So empowered to be able to take care of your family, no matter what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So I know that, let's just make it plain here, as a Black woman, and I know that you mentioned you got started several years ago and you started watching videos and you kind of went down that rabbit hole, but you did start a Facebook group. And I'm sure that there are other prepping Facebook or prep, prep, excuse me, groups out there uh, Mm -hmm. in social media and websites committed to or dedicated to prepping and all that good stuff. So why did you feel that it was important to to start black women who yeah why did you feel that was important so when i first started look amateur in the show doomsday preppers and if you've ever seen it or any of the type of prepping shows you'll see a particular demographic that's highlighted especially back you know 15 years ago when i started there was one demographic that you see that i didn't necessarily identify with (laughs) culturally or just um the way they thought or you know, in a lot of ways. So you'll see that demographic. And as you mentioned, there, there are lots there. I don't know if there are hundreds of, pre- of prepper groups on Facebook. Um, the white majority of them are the majority uh, population. A lot of them are men. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few black groups. Uh, most of the black groups are men or mm-hmm. male dominated groups as well. So I just from being in the Facebook groups and having access to real people, I just began to notice a lot of um, subtle and not so subtle Mm. um, racism, sexism, some misogyny. And it just, you know, as a woman, it can be very disheartening 
can very you can become discouraged you know when you have people there telling you you can't do something or mansplaining everything <laughs> to you you begin to feel okay why am I even trying so I just wanted to create a space um, won't call it a safe space because I don't believe that exists on the internet but <laughs> I just wanted to create a space just a little cozy nest for um, black women to land and be able to discuss whatever issues without the judgment and without some of the abuse that experienced in some of these other places. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely important. Um, and I'm glad that you created the space and that you're helping to bring awareness to something that's so important, which is being able to prepare and plan and make sure that your family is good if something were to just because there's nothing worse than being in an emergency. And like, for example, if there's an, God forbid, please, because I do not want this to happen. But God forbid, like if there is, a, for example, a earthquake and it's, you know, one o'clock in the morning and you you were sleeping, you know? Right. And of course, when you wake up, that's, you're already disoriented. Mm -hmm. You're already confused. You For those few seconds, you're like, what is happening? And it's, it's, it's good to be able to say, like, for example, if, if the need arises, that I can just, we've already got our plan. This is how we're going to evacuate the house if, ne if necessary. This, these are the bags we're going to grab if we need to, if necessary. Here's where we're going to keep the water. Here's where we're going to have the supplies or the first aid kit or our shoes or, or whatever the case may be. There is, there, it, it helps to bring a, a sense of calm right right in in times of chaos exactly yeah exactly when something happens um it's almost too late to start wandering around you mentioned an earthquake you don't want to be wandering around during an earthquake trying to find a flashlight so you can see how to get out of your house you know if you have family if you have kids they're already going to be freaking out so definitely there needs to be at least one person that's as you mentioned calm and centered and prepare to handle the situation. Absolutely. So speaking of grabbing and going, like, uh -huh. so let's talk about bug out bags. All righty. So, so what is a bug out bag? So um, in prepper lingo, there are many, many, many types of bags, a bag for every situation. Um, I kind of am a lumper. I I don't go into fine detail. I believe in practicality. Um, so basically, a bug out bag is a bag you would use to basically bug out or if you had to evacuate. Um, generally, there are two situations. If you're a prepper, you're either going to assess the situation, decide whether you need to bug in, which means you're just staying at home or sheltering in place where you are, or whether you need to bug out, which is evacuate. So a bug out bag will help you do that. Typically, it's a bag where you have approximately 72 hours worth of supplies. So that's a bag you can grab, evacuate, go to your next place of shelter, and have supplies to sustain you along the journey. Okay, so would you need to have a bag? Like, is it recommended that eat, like if you're a family of three, does every person need to have a bag prepared? I would say so. Um, everyone should be able to carry their own supplies. You get into a little gray area with younger children, but mm -hmm. I still think even when they're 
old enough, like two, three toddler age, you should get them ready and start training them to just, even if it's an empty little bag, let them carry it so they can get used to the sense of carrying their own things, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely with older children and adults, everyone should have their own bag. There's some controversy as to whether everyone should have their own duplicated, duplicated um, supply in the same bag or if you share supply, supplies across bags. Um, so that's one thing to consider, but definitely everyone should have their own bag and that bag should be able to sustain at least that one person for 72 hours. Yeah, actually, now that you're saying that, I can see how, it, I mean, I know you said that people kind of do what they want, but I probably would be be team everyone, like I should have my stuff or 72 hours worth of stuff for one person. And for example, my daughter, she should have, we shouldn't have the same, or like, in other words, if I had all granola bars, for example, uh -huh. it wouldn't make sense. Like it should be divided between the two bags. Because right. It's, if we were separated, got, God exactly. forbid. Right. Is that they what the you've got all the food? They've got all the shelter. <laughs> Someone else right. has all the water. Yeah. 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 That, that makes sense. Or are you going to yeah. say something? No, no. I was just going to say some things. Um, there may be, for instance, um, some people and I have like a little tent, a shelter tent. So maybe everyone can't have a tent in their bag. So that one person, everyone should at least have some type of shelter, whether it's a poncho or a for you know something it may not be the best thing but at least something as you say in case you become separated they yeah. still be able to um, utilize that yeah absolutely so what what are we putting in the bug out bag if someone is uh brand new to this i want to i want to talk about two scenarios when we are mm -hmm. going to bug in and okay. when we're going to be able to stay in the house and but either either scenario we're going to be out there for two or three days or in there for two or three days um, let's just pretend you're one person. Uh, what would one, what are the basics for a bug out bag that the average person would need? Okay, so you can divide into categories. So you're looking at 72 hours worth. And this really, a lot of times when people ask me, um, I'll usually say it depends because it depends on, okay, who you are. We were talking about geography earlier and how that affects what natural disasters or whatever disaster you may face. So um, you want to take a look at your where you are geographically, your surroundings. Uh, are you in the desert? You know, do you need to prepare for hot temperatures? Is it winter time? Do you need to prepare for colder temperatures? So the specifics are going to depend on things that are individual to each person. But in general, you need to consider your climate. You need to consider what types of threats you may face, um, how long it's going to be before you reach your next shelter, and how you're going to travel to that shelter. So some um, categories we use as preppers, we use what's called the rule of threes, which and you may have seen it in the group. I'm not sure. But um, so the rule of threes, you can go three days without water. The average human can last three weeks without food, three hours without shelter in harsh conditions, and three minutes without oxygen, and three seconds without hope. So <laughs> that's a lot of threes, but we'll go through it. So I use that as a basis 
so just taking shelter, for instance, you can go three hours with, you can survive three hours without shelter in harsh conditions, say if you're in a snowstorm or if you're in a desert. So you want to pack things that are gonna give you shelter. I mentioned a tent, for example, that's the perfect shelter. There are all kinds of um, small tents you can get for like 30 bucks that weigh maybe five pounds, seven pounds. You can get ultralight ones that weigh two pounds, but you're talking several hundred dollars <laughs> to oh. sacrifice that extra weight. But um, so a tent is something that's easy to get. You can get an emergency bivy, which is kind of like a combination tent slash sleeping bag. It's just a little smaller. So that can provide shelter and make a big difference. Um, you also want to think of clothing. So what type of clothing would you need? You want to use rugged clothing if you're in the winter time or you're going to get wet. You want to think of things like wool that dry easily and are workable to be on the road rather than something like cotton or denim. That's going to become saturated and bring down your body temperature. Um, and also with the clothing, you want to make sure you're switching it out. So every six months or so, when the seasons change, you need to switch out your clothing. You don't want to be stuck with wool clothes in August or complete, July. Complete so, sense. Uh, yeah. So shelters, one, um, three days without water. <laughs> Excuse me, the average person can survive three days without water. So you want to take a little water, but obviously a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. So how many gallons can you reasonably carry? So mm -hmm. you want to have a way to actually filter and purify water that you may find along your journey. So if you find a stream or you find water somewhere, you're unsure of the quality, you want to have a water filter, be able to filter that water and make it safe to drink. Like a life, um, like a life straw. I have like, a few of those. Yeah, life, life straws are great um, for a family style. So to suggest a filter like a Sawyer filter, mm -hmm. something those you can actually filter the water, the water into another container so multiple people can drink from the same thing. Um, life straw, different people can drink from it, but it's more of a one, of, one at a time type thing. So especially if you have small children, you may want to be a, able to offer them a cup of water versus you know, having a drink through a straw. But yeah, life straws are definitely handy and they're very compact, so they're easy to carry and pack in a bag. Um, so we do water, food, three weeks without food. So you want to make sure you have enough food to last you your 72 hours. And usually that's some non-perishable snack. A lot of people do the um, trail mitts bars or trail mitts, things like that. You can also find a lot of, um, in your outdoor supply stores, you can find freeze-dried meals that you can get for about nine bucks and you can prepare those on the go. Um, another thing, uh, thing you might want to consider getting like a little camp stove. If you mm -hmm. buy food that needs to be heated, um, you may want to consider getting a small stove or some way to just boil water so then you can put the freeze-dried in food, food in and stir it up and eat it that way. So mm -hmm. those are a lot of things to think about food. Mm -hmm. And that also you want to rotate in and out um, based on expiration and seasonally. So it's a it's a lot yeah, to think that's about. Another duh, yeah. like like with the clothes because uh -huh. uh, I I would never even really think about switching stuff out, and I would hate to have a bug mm -hmm. out bag for like three years and then 
I need to leave for a couple of days. I'm like, wait a minute, it's um, winter time and I have tank tops and flip flops in here. <laughs> yeah, you're out of season. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely doesn't yeah. make sense. Now, I would imagine those bags get pretty heavy. So, what do you recommend? Like, should we be like practicing, like wearing these things or going on hikes with these bags or like what do we do? Most definitely, most definitely. So, a gut rule of thumb is that your bag or whoever's bag should be about a quarter of their body weight mats. So that's what you can consider reasonable to carry. Cause you're right. You know, if you have a 50 pound bag, it's time to go and you can't lift it <laughs> and you're dragging it, you know, that's not helpful. So um, you want to make sure you kind of pare things down to choose things that are lightweight. Um, absolutely get the necessities that you're going to need and make sure that the bag doesn't weigh over a quarter of your body weight. And definitely, I would recommend practicing. Um, mm -hmm. Just walk for an hour with your bag. If you are the type to just walk through your neighborhood, go on a daily walk, put your bag on and walk with it and see how far you can get. And notice the difference, you know, walking mm -hmm. without it versus walking with it. So definitely, I would recommend practicing. Okay, that makes sense. Now, if we are stuck in the house for a few days or a week mm -hmm. I think that we would probably have a little more flexibility so you can have like water stored and canned food that would last for a few years and you know right. that kind of thing maybe medical first aid kits and 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 different things like that um I think for women also probably having like sanitary supplies and wipes and that kind of thing but what, what other kind of stuff would we need, you know, if we have so, to stay indoors? Yeah, so a good way to look at staying indoors or bugging in is if you can imagine, we've all had the power go out for at least a little while, a couple hours, sometimes a couple of days a week. So if you imagine, okay, what would I need to survive if the power went out? And that will take care of 90% of what you need to stay at home. So as you mentioned, you're looking at things like primarily food and water. Do you have enough food and water to last? Is your food non-perishable food or is it all in the freezer? And if the power goes out, you're going to end up with all spoiled food or is it all in the fridge? So it's good to have some non-perishable things around, um, dried beans, rice, you know, classically or things to have around. Um, but you want to have that just in case. Um, as far as power outages, you want to look at things like, how are you going to light your house? How are you going to mm -hmm. see in the dark? Do you have flashlights? Do you have headlamps? Do you have lanterns? Things like that so that you can still light the interior of your home. If you're someone who has a medical condition, maybe you have a CPAP machine or something like that. Those are pretty common these days. How are you going to run that if you need to run that? Or if you have someone that has whatever they need electricity for nebulizers, things like that. How are you going to power those devices if the power goes out? So then you want to look at things like generators or power banks to um, give you that extra bit of power when you need it. So mm. would, yeah, just think of, you know, if the power were to go out right now for a week, what would I need to survive without a severe disruption to my day, to my life? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of thinking note to self that, mm -hmm. you know, because my mind just keeps going back to like The Walking Dead mm -hmm. and, and yeah. those kind of shows. <laughs> and I pray uh -huh. that 
we never get into that kind of life or death situation. But I would imagine that if you're like outside on the grill, barbecuing your food or you're indoors and all your lights are on in the house, but it's dark everywhere else. You know what I mean? Uh Like, oh yeah, you might want to. And that's another thing. Yeah, that's a great point. So in doing all this, as if it's not enough already, um, you want to also keep in mind what we call as OPSEC, which is operational security. So you want to keep in mind, be mindful of what you're doing and who's around you. As you mentioned, perfect example, if the lights, if the power's out, say for an extended time, say months, say the power's out for three months, you're the only house on the block with lights on, of course, you're going to draw attention and people are going to be drawn to you. See, okay, why do you have power? What are you doing that we're not to have power? Um, sometimes those people are pleasant. Sometimes they're not that pleasant when they encounter that situation. So you want to make sure you're doing things primarily. Um, don't necessarily talk about your prepping or be selective with who you're speaking about your prepping with um, people laying, letting people know what you're doing what you have. So that's primarily. Um, Also be aware of who's around you. For instance, if you're bringing in your brand new generator, you may not want to do that during the middle of the day when there's a block party going on. You want to wait till things die down a little bit, maybe after the sun goes down and go ahead and bring it in then when there are fewer people. So definitely um, being aware of your surroundings. In the specific instance that you mentioned, if you have only light, you can actually use blackout curtains or either tape tarps or plastic bags to your windows to block out the light and make it appear as if you don't have as much light as you do. Wow, that's a lot to think about. So it is, it is, is, but I think for people, I just say start with a few things, just work on three days. You can go without power for three days. Start there, that's not too bad. Um, have that time you'll be sleeping anyway (laughs) so start with a three-day period of time and just work from there once you have three days worth of food water you know lights the way to power things then step it up to say okay can I go a week or two weeks Mm -hmm. so just start small start where you are and then move up Um, one thing I found that a lot of people actually have a lot more than they think as well Um, when I coach people with prepping what I suggest they do first is take a look around your house and see what you already have. You may not need to go out and get a bunch of stuff. You can repurpose lots of things. Most people have flashlights. They have some canned foods. You can go through those and set some aside and say, okay, we're not going to use these. So baby steps, baby steps, but it adds up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was going to say, speaking of like protection and you know, the walking dead, mm-hmm. that possibility of uh, not necessarily zombies, but the way these, uh-huh. you know what, I'm not going to even say what I was going to say about uh-huh. the COVID vaccine. I'm just going to skip from that. But, uh-huh. um, you know, where people, when it comes down to survival, all kidding aside, when it comes to survival, mm-hmm. people get desperate, people get, they can get violent. Um, what uh-huh. would you, how, how do you feel about like women arming themselves and um, taking like shooting lessons and, and strapping up, to be honest with you. Like, have you, do you have experience yeah. with that? Do it, do it. <laughs> um, I'm not um, by any means an experienced gun owner, but definitely I would encourage everyone to have protection. Um, definitely all the training you can get 
in both firearms and otherwise weapons, I would say do it. Because again, just like we mentioned with the earthquake, when you find yourself in a situation, it's too late to learn how to fight when someone's already, you know, attacking you or being aggressive towards you. You've missed your opportunity. So mm -hmm. do those things now when you have the time, you have the resources and you're not under so much stress. Um, definitely firearms, I encourage. There's some people that don't like firearms or they have, you know, hesitancy. And that's fine. There's other things you can do, um, non-lethal things. There's knives, there's non-lethal things like batons, um, something practical, wasp spray. Wasp spray can do a lot of damage if you spray it in mm -hmm. someone's face, it, mm -hmm. it blinds them. So I would say do something, get trained up, definitely. Oh, I didn't even think of wasp yeah. spray because I don't yeah. really experience wasps um, right. here where I am, but that is really, really smart. Right, right. There's all, if you look around you, there's all kinds of things you can um, come up with to not necessarily, uh, if you don't want to be a vent owner, if you don't want to go that route, there's all sorts of things you can do to still um, protect yourself. Hmm. Definitely, definitely. So what was I going to ask? Oh, where, where are you finding like your supplies? I'm just mm -hmm. going to be honest and tell you that. And I, I this is before I really was kind of doing my research, but um, like I had started, like, um, like I said, my goal is to, to start, my goal is to have like 10 gallons of water on hand mm -hmm. and um, like X amount of canned goods. And um, also, it, I don't know what those things are called, but I was going to mention that I bought them from a place that has the word patriot in it. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of going back to what you said about how a lot of these uh, brand websites and groups are very, I'm just going to say it, they are geared towards white men and white people in general and white men in general. Okay, so what do Gail Anderson, Oprah Winfrey, and Big Boy have in common? These are three people in media who back in the day showed me that my dreams were possible. These visionaries paved the way for me to take a huge chance on myself by sharing my voice in the podcasting space. Black representation in media didn't happen by chance. We had to fight for the right to be heard, to be seen, to share our stories, and to take up space. Imagine if you could have some of the power, richness, and depth of the Black experience in one curated space. You can. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, and empowerment, as well as perspective of the culture in real time. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. It's okay to be skeptical and to question things that don't quite sound true. Like the time that I was dating someone that was trying to earn cool points, so told me he liked every single TV show that I did, but then couldn't tell me any of the names of the characters on these shows he claimed to love. Like, seriously? 
If something seems too good to be true, do some digging before you invest your time, energy, or money. This is why when it comes to my health, I use Ritual because they know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds our high standards. Their clinically backed essential for women 18 plus multivitamin has high quality traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. These multivitamins are gentle on my stomach and are so easy for me to take. It's crucial that I trust what I'm putting into my body, so I love that Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, which is a huge deal. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash self-care. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash self-care for 25% off. Hey girl, it's Bree. I wanted to interrupt this episode and let you know that on August 29th and August 30th, Brown Girl Self-Care is hosting our very first virtual summit, and I want you in the space. Every single day, I get emails from women like me and you that tell me just how exhausted, overwhelmed, burnt out, and stressed out we are. And I can tell you that that is not where the healing resides. That is definitely not where the healing resides. Black woman, I need you to take ownership and invest in your well-being. You are worth it. You are worth attending a virtual summit that is going to pour into your self-care cup, okay? So I want you to go to browngirlselfcare.com and click on that shop button, get your virtual summit ticket, and I will see you on August 29th and August 30th. So um, even though the people over there at that place that has the word patron in it, I can't remember the name of the brand. They were very nice, very helpful. But I'm like, "Mm, I I may not choose to support that business anymore. But where do you find like the supplies, the food? Where do you find all this stuff? Yeah, supplies are all around you, believe it or not. Um, And it's just a matter of when you have that mindset change, when you're looking for these things, then they tend to come to you. So um, supplies, great places to find them. I'll start, I love budget deals and everything. So I'm not trying to spend a whole fortune on everything, but I'll start with the more common. Um, I mentioned looking around your own house first. And also if you have relatives or friends that are giving away stuff, where are they giving away? Oh, you don't want those flashlights or those headlamps? You're not using them anymore. I'll take it. Oh, you went fishing once and decided it wasn't for you. I'll take the fishing rod, (laughs) you know. So look around you first, um, repurpose. Um, You can find some good deals at yard sales and garage sales. Just kind of go, a lot of times people, especially seasonally, they'll buy new things and get rid of their older stuff. Um, A lot of it's in good shape. They just wanted the new model. So you can look there. It's a great place to find things like lanterns and all kinds of equipment. Um, Also, you can look at sporting goods stores. So I don't know if you guys have REI out there. That's a big one here. But any camping, um, Bass Pro Shops, any camping sporting goods stores typically have a lot of things that preppers would use. Um, Also, military surplus stores Mm. or gold mines full full of stuff, clothing, equipment, everything, weapons. Um, those are good ones. And of course, there's always good old Walmart and Amazon. They mm-hmm. also have a lot, of, a lot of good things. So really, pretty much everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Hmm. 
Yeah, I've been using Amazon um, for some of my, that's where I got my life straws from. I think someone in the group had mentioned, oh, they're on sale for, I don't know how much they were, $12 or $7, oh, yeah. $20 or yeah. whatever the price was. I don't About remember. Half price. Yeah. Half price or something. Yeah. So I went ahead and bought three of them. Uh-huh. And um, I decided like for my self-care and my, just to be prepared, it, cause I knew that I couldn't like buy all the things at one time since my budget does not allow for that to happen. Right. And I'm sure there's going to be other women that are kind of like in that same situation where uh-huh. they're like, you know what, I don't have, a, I don't have $5,000 to invest in, in getting like a five month supply of food, um, nor uh-huh. do I have the space to create a bunker under my house. <laughs> Right, um, right. Or I, I don't have land right now to um, to to get off the grid or, or do things like that. And it can be overwhelming. But my point is that just being able to start kind of start where you are, assess what you need and don't look at it as like. I have to buy like all these things like right this minute because um, it's just not possible. You know what I mean? It's just not right. possible. Oh, yeah. So I started yeah. with like the water, like I said. And um, so now we have a set amount of water. And I when I go to the store, I'm mindful like to re-up if necessary so that I can mm-hmm. always have a certain amount. And um, yeah, just making sure that every time I go to the grocery store, I am buying extra, like for example, tuna. We are we're gonna be tunaed out and <laughs> <laughs> and chili beaned out with the canned foods. But it's like you don't have to think expensive necessarily because it's about it's not about eating like a, a four course a five course meal or whatever the heck it's called. It's about being able to survive. Right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Just a little something. And every little bit helps. You start where you are and build from there. Every you mentioned the water, just get an extra case of water or a couple of bottles of water when you go to the store, you know, and that will help. That will make a big difference. You need to use it. Um, other ways you can, you know, throw some vegetables in there. You can start a little indoor garden, take mm. the take celery that you're using, replant the stem, mm-hmm. it grows back. Green onions too. Onions, yeah. So there are all kinds of ways to save money. Um, I just tell everyone it can be overwhelming, especially when you're looking at some of these other um, more, um, I'll say, more highly produced prepper channels and avenues. And they're talking about their this knife that's so great. You go look up the knife, and it's two hundred dollars for one knife. you're like no I don't think so you know I guess I'm like not gonna survive $200 knife or $200 in food right what am I gonna do yeah so but there are all kinds of ways to definitely um, budget and do things in a not so extravagant way and you can still live you can still have your life you don't have to sacrifice and and be a miser and still Mm -hmm. prepare yourself Mm mm-hmm you know, I want to kind of, I know that our time is winding down. These hours usually go by so quickly, but I wanted to kind of talk about money. Oh, well, mm-hmm. we, we were talking about money, but I want to continue that conversation because I don't know where I read it, but um, let's talk about how, first of all, I think we're still in this shortage of change and, and dollars or coins or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure because I primarily use my ATM card, but that's a challenge because if the power is out, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I can't, you cannot go to the ATM and be like, give me my money so I can go to the store. Or you can't swipe your card in uh, Ralph's grocery store because their machines or whatever, it's not going to be working. So um, I think it would be wise to have some cash set aside that you don't touch, maybe some, I don't know, what, what would you suggest? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and the amount would be different for everyone, but I would just say, you know, 20s are good. Just have multiple de- denominations. And if you can have $100 or a couple hundred dollars worth of extra cash that you can just let sit, um, maybe put it in your bug out bag or wherever your supplies are, um, I would say do that. Have some 20s, have some 10s, some 5s, some 1s, just have multiple denominations. Um, that you can give because as you mentioned, you know, cash is king, especially when the power, when things aren't working. Um, and you'll find that a lot of people, a lot of the price of a lot of things go up <laughs> when people oh, yeah. are over a barrel and really need Absolutely. them. So and definitely, yeah. Sad because just like those, those masks, when mm-hmm. COVID first hit, trying to find the masks and what used to cost I don't know, 10 bucks for a box or 15 bucks for a box were being sold for hundreds of dollars. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, this, yeah. or the hand sanitizer um, oh, yeah. going for hundreds of dollars for a case of hand sanitizer. And you're like, mm-hmm. really? But you're right. Like when people panic and, and things, stuff really starts to hit the fan and people are, um, anxious, worried, stressed. There, there's no more toilet paper <laughs> on the shelves because that was a yeah. thing too, where there was like no toilet paper. And I am yeah. not ashamed to admit that <laughs> I have extra TP. Like we are uh-huh. out. I'm just saying we just yeah. are. But, um, you know, having that cash or other ways that you can barter, like um, what, what are some ways that you can barter like with food or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, so so I agree. Yeah, prepping is just all about insurance, just having that extra, um, just to go back to the pricing real quickly. If you're buying it now, say whatever you want, say it's $2 now on a normal day, mm-hmm. you're actually saving money because if it's something you use, something you need, when the price goes up to $10, you already have it. You're not wasting your money that way. Um, in terms of bartering, there's all kinds of things. Um, you can, some of these, deals you're finding, you can get one or two extra for barter. Say if you had extra life straw, someone may need that. Then mm. you can actually borrow that for maybe food or, you know, maybe they'll give you a ride wherever you need to go or, you know, who knows, wherever you may need. Um, you can barter food itself. Um, some people will make um, tinctures or natural medicines with the idea of bartering those. You can get extras of small things simple things like soap that people need matches um if Mm. you want to go into the vices um alcohol cigarettes (laughs) people will keep on hand and you know those are people things people need and want especially when they're already stressed out if you can imagine and speaking of just people who um don't handle disasters well um if you can imagine how many people that are taking drugs now on drugs both illegal drugs and even prescription drugs. If you have mm. a severe condition and you need to take your prescription on time <laughs> every day, what happens if the pharmacy runs out? You have no choice. You go without it. How is 
what kind of decisions might someone who really needs to be on that medication be making and how will that affect you if you encounter them? Um, so those type of things, um, people who smoke or drink, they want, you know, those comforts and times of stress. Even with me, I have a great sweet tooth. I would want, you know, a little piece of chocolate or something to get me through the week when I'm stressed. So there's all types of things you can barter, um, tools, and you can get whatever you and the person agree on for it. Um, also skills, you want to think about what yeah. skills do you have to offer. Of course, top ones are things like um, construction. Can you build things? Are you a farmer? Do you have a great green thumb? Are you able to provide food for people or help them grow their own food? Um, the medical professions. Are you a doctor? Can you help people that way? So there are all types of things that you can use to barter um, skills and goods that can come in handy. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Um, definitely people that are in the medical profession or are able to, for example, set a bone or Mm -hmm. I don't know, sew somebody yeah, yeah. up if they got wounded somehow or right. yeah, farming, if you have a green thumb or if you're able to barter or do construction, like you mentioned, having, having some basic skill sets could sometimes mean surviving, you know? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you never know what may come in handy for someone or what you may need to trade to have what you need to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to say one last thing as we kind of wrap up, because um, you mentioned um, like going off the grid and kind of guard, like, you know, farming or growing your own food and things like mm -hmm. that. Uh, one purchase that I did make on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, was I can't think of the brand right now, but they you know how the food will come in like like you can like if you're not familiar, if you haven't started prepping yet. Um, and you go, you can go to Amazon, for example, and they have other websites, but you can go and you like, you can order like cans of supplies or cans of food. Like you can get a, 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 a can of peanut butter, a can of right. rice, a can of butter, a can of eggs, um, right. a can freeze -dried. of uh -huh. freeze-dried strawberries. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I started buying a few things, mm -hmm. you know, here and there every month, like a canister here, a canister there. And what I wanted to mention is I bought a canister of seeds. Mm -hmm. I bought a canister of seeds in case. Now, obviously you don't just put a seed in the ground and it grows tomorrow. I realize that, I know that, but I was thinking kind of long-term, like if I needed to, I don't know, but now I've got to get into this place where I need to start growing some food in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. I don't have any seeds, you know what I mean? Right. Right. There's no seeds to be found. So I did buy a canister of seeds. And, I, and usually the stuff that you buy in the canisters will last for years, like 10 years, 20 years, something along those lines. But um, you have to see kind of like what you need and then just go from there and buy. But keep that in mind that having little things, you know, like really sit down and make a list, not just thinking about, you know, the three days, like you mentioned, which is important, mm -hmm. or three hours, like all those threes, are definitely important, but also just a little more long-term too, like the things kind of like thinking outside the box a little bit right. and thinking what you might need in case things have just gone bananas, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, practice farming now, practice growing things now, 
because you never know what trouble you may run into. You may have trouble growing. You may have pests that come and eat your crops. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, and if not every, everything goes well, as you mentioned, you're starving today, but do you have time to wait two months for your <laughs> food to come to harvest from seed? So, um, so yeah, it can, it can be a lot, but that's awesome. Yeah, just I encourage everyone to just really sit down and think, or if you have family that's receptive to thinking about it and taking action, just sit down and think and brainstorm how could your life be affected. And a good thing to think about, is, as we said, is just think of a power outage, a prolonged power outage for a couple of weeks or a month. How would your life be affected? And go from there, just think of ways to um, circumvent all those obstacles. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, as we kind of wrap up, did anyone that is watching live, did you have any comments, any questions for Tiffany? Anything that you wanted to mention? Now is the time to ask because she is very uh, knowledgeable about all this prep stuff that I'm trying to get into. So I don't think anyone has any questions. So that's totally cool. Um, so Tiffany, I mentioned the Facebook group, but I want you to make sure that you let us know, like, where can we find you? Where can we find the group? Um, how can we keep in touch with you? Okay, yeah, definitely. So the Facebook group is Black Preppers, Women Surviving SHTF or Shit Hitting the Fan. Um, so you can just search that and Facebook will come up. Um, other ways, we're on MeWe. So again, you can search that and that's kind of a social media alternative to Facebook, but it's a little less regulated. So we're there. Mm -hmm. um, you can email me at WSSHTF, Women Surviving Shit in the Fan, at Gmail. And also, I've created a course on Thinkific. So if there's anyone that, like we mentioned, people who feel uncertain and maybe they don't feel like they've actually started prepping and they're a little bit um, hesitant or not sure what to start with first, I can actually get you from zero to shiro. So in two weeks, <laughs> you, can, you can have, with one course, you can have two weeks worth of supplies, solid, you're prepared, have your bug out bag and everything ready for your family um, with that course. Definitely. You said that and was I, with Think, Thinkific? That's on Thinkific. Thinkific. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'm going to check yeah. that out too. And do you offer like one-on-one -on -one coaching as well? Is that something that you would offer maybe down the line or? I do. Yeah, I have. Um, I've been doing um, teaching sessions with my group members, but I do, I have a couple of them. Um, if everyone wants a more tailored personalized solution, um, whether it's, you know, you don't have that much space to store all this stuff, or you're not sure how to handle your family, or you have family members with special needs, any of that mm -hmm. type of thing, definitely we can have a phone call or sit down on Zoom and just work it out get you set. Okay, that's perfect. Well, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to um, come and pour into us this evening and share your wealth. And I know that there's so much more, but there's only so much we can talk about in like an hour. But yeah, I definitely appreciate it. And hopefully, um, for anyone that's listening to the podcast later on, it'll help them to start to get the wheels turning um, as they kind of feel empowered and not scared, but again, empowered to, to start thinking about this stuff and, and starting to prepare. 
you know, because like you said, it, it's, we would hate for something to happen and we're not prepared. So let's just, the quote, as the quote says, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And that's, that's where right. we kind of need to be, right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, Sharissa and Michelle said, thank you. And Mama Michelle said, great information. Oh, no worries. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, Tiffany. All right. Thank you for this time. Stay prepped up. All right. I am back with you now. I hope that you were able to listen in on this episode. And this is the kind of episode that you may need to come back to because as you listen, it might trigger, you know, thoughts and ideas of, again, your personal situation that you need to prioritize to make sure that you and yours are safe or as safe as possible. So, like I said, this conversation was not an end-all be-all. I need you to take action and make sure that you take some time and make some space to figure out what you need so that you can start preparing just in case something were to happen and you need to hold up for a few days and you can't go out for supplies, okay? So I need you to commit to that because this is super serious, all right? And this is not to scare you, you know, but we we just need to be in a place of being ready. That is self-care. Being ready and not to the fact, not to the point where you feel like you um, need to go drop $10,000 or and if you can't do that, then you just say, forget it, I can't do anything because it's not enough. Like anything is better than nothing when you're in that kind of situation, right? So go ahead and get that taken care of, all right? Okay, perfect. And now, actually, before you go, I want to remind you that ticket sales are open for the Day of Collective Rest virtual retreat happening August 29th and August 30th. Go ahead and go to browngirlselfcare.com and click that shop button. Grab your ticket now. And if you're one of the first 125 excuse me, ticket holders, you will receive a free self-care box valued at over $100, okay? That's how serious I am, all right? Okay, so with that said, I'm going to go ahead and release you with love. Have an amazing week, and I will see you on the next episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.